All right. Good morning. Thank you all for coming. Today's class in the beautiful Bhagavatam by Sri Krishna Dwapayan Vyas. Uh, and we're starting chapter 5 in the first canto today. So. Oh, I think I can do without it for now. Let's give it a shot and see. <coughs> so this is the beginning of the fifth chapter. Narda's instructions on Srimad Bhagavatam for, for Vyasadeva. Uh, as you remember, Srila Vyasadeva was compiling the, uh, the Vedas, and he felt incomplete, un unsatisfied with what he had. And so uh, his guru, Sri Narda Muni, has arrived. And they're going to have uh, uh, continued their transcendental discussion on what should be added, what's missing from the Bhagavatam. Sutta, Sutta, Vacha, Vacha, Atha, Sukam, Asina, Pasinam, Brihach, Shravaha, Divarshi, Raha, Vipra, Vishim, Vina Panihi, Samayan, Yasmayan, Eva, Sutta Uvacha, Tatam Sukam Asina, Pasinam Vidhacharavaha, Devarshihi Prahadipak Rashim, Vina Panihi Smayani Baha, Sutta Uvaja, Tatam Sukamasina, Pasina Brihach Travaha. Devarshihi Prahavi Prashri Tongue twisted. Vinapanihi Smayan Iva Sutta <coughs> Vinapani 
Sutta Uvacha, Sage amongst the gods, thus the sage amongst the gods, Narad, comfortably seated, comfortably seated, and apparently smiling, and apparently smiling, addressed the Rishi, addressed the Rishi, amongst the amongst the Brahmins, amongst the Brahmins, Vyasadeva, purport by his divine grace, Shula Isi Bhakti Vedanta Swami, Shula Prabhupada. Narad was smiling because he well knew the great sage Vyasadeva. And the, and the cause of his disappointment. As he will explain gradually, Vyasadeva's disappointment was due to insufficiency in presenting the science of devotional service. Nard knew the defect, and it was confirmed by the position of Vyas. So, once again, the verse, Sutta Goswami said, Thus the sage amongst the gods, Nard, comfortably seated and apparently smiling, addressed the Rishi amongst the Brahmins, Vyasadeva. Omagyan timarandasya gananjanan shalakaya chakshur unmilitam jena tasmai sri gurave namaha sri chaitanya manobishtam stapitam jena bhutale svayam rupagadamayam kadanti svapadantikam Pancha kalpata rubyascha, kripasinu ebacha, patitanam pavanebhyo, vaishnavebhyo namo namaha. Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya, Prabhupada Sri Advaita Gadadhar, Sri Vasadi Gaur Bhakta Vrinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So, uh, I might read the other verse, uh, the one after this, because this one is kind of like this verse is a setup for the second verse. But let's let's dwell here for a moment, if if, if we may. May we? Amen. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Narada was smiling. Um, so Vyasadeva's guru has appeared, uh, Narada Muni, and uh, he's he's been given some nice cool water to drink. He's sitting on a nice asana. And he's got this grin, this smile. So, and he already knows uh, 
the situation. So some people may say, well, how is this? You know, uh, is it mystic powers or whatever? Um, it's the position of the guru to know the mind of the disciple. You see? Huh? Now does that mean that <coughs> all gurus are like supermen or something like that? We have mystic powers and we read minds or whatever. No, it's the, it's the connection through the disciplic succession. And super soul is talking. Super soul is talking. Super soul is in your heart, your heart. Krishna as the Paramatma is located in our heart, you see. So the same Krishna is located in your heart as in, as in my heart. So Krishna can tell me what's going on in your head and tell you what's going on in mine. If we are tuned in and if we are listening, you see, that is the qualification. We have to be listening to Krishna. Now, uh, how do we see that we're listening to Krishna? We stop listening so much to our mind. You know, we, uh, we are engaged so much, uh, 24 hours a day practically listening to our mind. The mind is wanting this and the mind is wanting that. And it's for me. It's, uh, I want this because this will benefit me. This will, I will enjoy this way, I will enjoy that way. I'll accumulate that and enjoy it later. I've accumulated this already. I think I'll enjoy this one today and, and like that, you see. Along the way, uh, sometimes we do a little bit of devotional service. Uh, as we go through life, we start to, uh, devotional life, we start to lose this. Uh, we don't have time for the mind anymore. You know, the mind becomes like a neglected child. You know, we're spending so much time on Krishna, the poor mind doesn't get any attention anymore. You know, which is just terrible, isn't it? <laughs> so, the mind, uh, it's, just, it's like Srila Prabhupada said, if, uh, how can you control a tiger? He said, if you catch a tiger and you put him in a cage and you don't feed him, Every day he will get weaker. And after some time, he will be as docile as a little kitty cat. You see, he will become weaker. So we don't feed the mind. We don't answer to the demands of the mind. We just say, no, my dear mind, I have been reading Prabhupada's books. I've been hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. I've been associating with the devotees. And I've learned that this isn't, uh, that you're not my best friend all the time, you see. I want, I want to, I the soul have decided that I'm going to take charge, you see. I've suddenly realized, <coughs> which is called self-realization, that I am the soul. I am not the body, I am a soul and I own this body. I'm the boss of this body. And I have, the, I have final say, you see. I tell it what it's going to do. And I tell my mind what it's going to think and I also tell it what it's not going to think. I don't allow it to go here, and I don't allow it to go there, but I will allow it to go this way. Just like if you're driving a, a wagon, you know, pulled by a horse. You have the reins. The horse may want to go eat the grass over here or drink some water over there, and you're saying, no, straight ahead, giddy up. You know, so the horse, is, the horse learns to obey. You see, a good horse, after some time, will always obey the command of the driver, you see. Without any fuss at all, he doesn't. You don't have to beat him with a stick. Just giddy up, and he goes. And you give a little tug here, and he goes this way. A little tug, and he goes that way. Very simple. But <clears throat> there has to be a consistent discipline to help the horse to learn to be a good, obedient servant. You see, consistent discipline. So therein lies the key. We as devotees need consistent discipline. Now. Mother Sundamani doesn't have the time to give you some consistent discipline. You see? Nobody here has time to give to be with you every minute. You know, pick that up. Don't do that like that. Sit properly. <laughs> Don't do this. Do more of that. Do less of that. You know, who can do that? So we have to be uh, the one who's issuing this discipline to ourselves. That's called self-discipline you see we have to learn how to, how to be self-disciplined so first of all we do what we're doing here we come together and we hear Srimad Bhagavatam <clears throat> we, 
we also hear when we get a chance maybe some you know some uh, I see the devotees with these earbuds in all the time and I'm usually pretty sure they're listening to some kind of Krishna Kattas you never know Sometimes I was I passed this devotee in a temple one time and he had these earbuds in, and I'm thinking, no, oh, he's probably listening to Prabhupada's class, you know. And as I walked by, I could hear this loud rock and roll music, you know. You know, I could hear it coming so loud, I could hear it from his earbuds, and I thought, oh, okay. All right, maybe, maybe not, not today. <laughs> maybe tomorrow, you see. So that's an instance when the mind won over. The mind is saying, you know what, we've been listening to uh, we heard Bhakta Aaron's wonderful kirtan, and it was very nice. We heard Mataji's beautiful singing. Uh, yesterday we had a kirtan by uh, Joy. You know, we've heard all these, this transcendental sound, but I want some, uh, uh, was it Marilyn Manson? You know, some, <laughs> just a little headbanging for a while, okay? <clears throat> so the mind starts to make a request, you know. A demand. This is like a child. Sometimes a child will make a demand on us. I want this, mommy. You know, I always use the the example. It's like if you if you take a child to the store. You know, if you you've done that, haven't you? You've taken her to the store, I'll bet. <laughs> and you're telling her when you go in, look, I'm just going to go in and get some milk, okay? Nothing else. So all the way back to the milk, she's saying, mommy, give me this. Mommy, can I have that? Mommy, can I have that? No, no, just milk. So the, the, the mind is like that. <clears throat> I can remember taking kids in. I was at, I'm going to go to the store to get some milk. Can I come too? No, I'm just going to run and get milk. Oh, let me come, let me come. Okay, okay, you can come. But don't ask for anything. But it's impossible. Been, oh, I want that, I want that, I want that. Daddy, please, daddy, please. And this and this and this. No, you can't have that. No, you can't have that. But what about this? You know, you see. So the mind is like that. It, it, as it as it scans, it sees. Oh, this is attractive. Oh, that's very nice. Oh, I'd like that. It's just all just whatever it sees. It's, it starts to measure the amount of enjoyment <coughs> that I can extract from having some association with that person, that object, uh, this exercise, whatever, you know. As we're driving along, we see billboards advertising. You know, you might see, uh, here it is, 105, and, and they've got some cold beer, you know, and it's always in a frosty glass on this thing. You know, they know how to appeal to the mind. See, they're, the, the, the Vaishas know that the minds are always looking for something, so they're just out there throwing things out. You know, you see a big picture of pizza or something. It's a, immediately start to salivate and think, boy, pizza would be nice right now, you know. So the mind is always looking. It's on patrol constantly, looking for some gratification through the senses, you see. So it's like a horse that's uh, drawing a, a, a buggy, but no one's minding the reins. The horse is just going wherever it wants to. So the devotee <coughs> uses self-discipline. He picks up the reins and he starts to drive. And in some time, the mind learns that uh, it, it may see some sense object and think, oh, I want, uh, you will never give it to me. You won't let me have that. You know, the mind stops demanding. And then, then it becomes attracted. It thinks, you know, I would really like to hear some recording of, of Mataji's uh, Jai Radhamada, you know, or your beautiful kirtan, or, Aaron's nice kirtan. You know, I would like to hear that. The mind becomes trained. You see, uh, it has the the mind has a change of heart. It's a change of mind. You see, it becomes a different kind of mind. <clears throat> it once was a mind that was always looking for material gratification, but after some time of self-discipline, the mind has now become your friend. It's become like a docile, like the the tiger and it will not only will it listen to you but it starts to look out for you it starts to look for the things that are that are uh, beneficial for your advancement in Krishna consciousness it's been trained through discipline you see it's it and, and then you the living entity it's, it's like when your child starts to grow up you breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief you know? I don't have to beat this mind all the time with a shoe 
Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, if you have to beat your mind with a shoe, take a shoe and beat you, you know, he's not speaking literally, he's speaking figuratively, you know. Punish your mind, tell it. No, stop it. And after some time, the mind becomes your friend. <coughs> and then it'll work for you. You still always have to be on guard that it, it might decide to take a little bit of a holiday and, and get into some nonsense, but you still... Uh, uh, you still have to uh, have self-discipline, but it gets easier, and your mind starts working for you, and it will engage you uh, 24 hours a day. And sometimes the mind can get so wrapped up in performance of devotional service that it won't shut down and sleep. You see, it starts to like devotional service. It becomes uh, not only attracted but attached to devotional service. And serving the devotees, being a part of a community, what what I'm going to, the, the contribution that I'm going to make to the to the community uh, tomorrow, next week, and and next month, and ongoing, you see, and the mind that once it gets a taste of transcendental nectar, then sometimes it's hard to rein it in and, and shut it down so you can sleep. You see, it it wants to work. Shiva Prabhupada. <coughs> um, detested sleep. He would go to sleep sometimes around 11, 11.30 and get up at 1 o'clock, 1 a.m. You know, he detested sleep. He always wanted to become a Gudakesh. Gudakesh, isn't that Gudakesh without the, the name of the Arjuna, Krishna Devi? The one, the one who's conquered sleep. You see. So, Prabhupada, he didn't, he thought, what a waste of time. When he was very, very sick, towards the end, uh, he made the comment there, he went for a few days without hardly any sleep at all, maybe a couple of minutes. And Prabhupada smiled, very sick, on his deathbed, and he smiled, he said, I always wanted to conquer sleep. That was his desire, I want to conquer sleep. So... I can serve constantly. Prabhupada had, he was light years ahead of today. What he was doing today was planned a long time ago. And he's planning way down the road every day. So he had plans. He, he, he got up every day and he knew exactly what he was going to do. And he already had much more schedule than he could possibly get done, but somehow or other he would make it happen. You see. He was so eager and so active to serve Krishna, to please Guru and Krishna, because he got a taste of uh, uh, pleasing Guru and Krishna and decided, oh, there is not a better taste in the world than the pleasure of Sri Guru and Sri Krishna. Once you please Guru, then you, that's the deepest nectar, you see. For we, the living entity, that's what we do. We are the enjoyed. We're not the enjoyed. We enjoy when we're enjoyed by Krishna and the devotee, when we please the devotees. If we please Krishna's devotees, that's a good indication that we're pleasing Krishna. Krishna's very happy when we please the devotees, you see. So it's a process of living our lives properly as devotees, uh, applying self-discipline, performing our devotional service in a mode to please others, Guru Krishna and the assembled Vaishnavas. And it's after some time, it shouldn't take very long if we do that properly, we become very attached to it because the rewards are so great. As a matter of fact, it's the only reward we've ever received in this material world. We've had so many temporary rewards. I think I like this, but then that goes away. I thought I loved that, but then it went away. But devotional service is eternal. It cannot be taken away, you see. And there, are the, there is nothing that can impede your attitude towards devotional service. Now you could say, well, I don't know about that. What about this guy over there? He's always like this or that, you know. So, you know, what he acts like that, it affects my devotional service. <laughs> you ever heard that? When he behaves like that, it just, I don't, I just can't do my service right. 
I'm going to go to my room. Can you can you do my service, Prabhu? I have to go to my room and, and feel bad for a while. You know. Nonsense. Nonsense. You have to have the, the attitude. I don't care who you are or what you're doing. You're not going to impede. You're not going to um, mess with my uh, service attitude. This is between me and Krishna and Guru. I'm serving Krishna and Guru. So you're acting some nonsense. You're acting like a nut. So but that's okay. Go be a nut. You know. But I won't let it affect me. You see, the, the, the devotee of Krishna is never threatened. And you cannot intimidate. You see. The, one of the funniest things you'll ever see is when someone tries to intimidate the devotee of Krishna. They expect a reaction of intimidation, but the reaction they get is completely opposite. The look on their face is like, huh? What? what? You know, the devotee's not saying that we bring it on, but the devotee's like, you know, you know, it's like if there was a gnat flying around or a mosquito and you go like this. The devotee's attitude is, hey, tough guy. Why? Because I'm protected by Lord Nishingadev. You believe that? You are. All of us, we're protected by Lord Nishingadev. What, 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 what could we possibly fear? You see? And if I have karma coming, I have karma coming. You see? But I won't be deterred from my service. Of course, we have to do the right thing. You know, if we're someplace, if we're having Harinam and uh, some store owner says, look, you better move it on. You've been in, my, in front of my shop for a long time, and if you don't move it on, I'm going to call the police. You say, sure, okay. Sorry that we bothered you. We didn't want to disturb you. You see. We're not intimidated. We're being friendly. You see. He may try to scare us, but we're not afraid. Yes, sir. Thank you. We're so sorry. We got carried away. So we'll move along. Can we come back next week, fellas? Okay, we'll be we'll be briefer, you know. So you try to maintain the friendship. So does this make any sense? This attitude, service attitude. You see, service attitude towards serving and pleasing everyone. Now, some people say, well, you can't please everybody. Well, please those that you can. You see, while maintaining your. Uh, Devotional integrity. You see, the devotee is a friend of everyone. We're not uh, 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 an enemy to the shop owner. Let's say the guy's selling some nonsense, maybe beer or something, you know, or a tobacco shop or something like that. We don't approve of the use of those products for ourselves, but he has a legal business and he's, he's doing so, you know. Well, what do we want to do? What's the best thing we could possibly do? Get him to chant Hare Krishna. So we want him, somehow or other, we want to become his friend and get him to chant Hare Krishna. You already are his friend. We want him to get the realization that you were his friend. You see. You're already the friend of every living entity. You're the best friend that anyone has ever met. You see. It's just like uh, uh, I've said before. This, there's, we've got some, some nice young people coming here. You know, the new people. Have you met the people that were the two guys that were here last night? You know, do you think this is the? If you analyze what is happening here, this living entity has been in the uh, material world for countless billions of years. So many millions and billions of births and deaths, <coughs> and for the first time. They're coming in contact with devotional service. Isn't it glorious? I mean, when you st stop and think, man, this, and, and I was here. I got to witness it. You might even be the person that the first contact they have. So Krishna chose you to meet and greet that soul when they take their first step back to Godhead. That's a treasure, you know. I mean, what a, a glorious event, you see. 
it's not like, well, you know, gosh, the guy's here, the restaurant's going to close, and I'm tired. So let somebody else. You shouldn't feel like that. You should, well, hey, whatever. This is, a, this is what we live for, to help the living entities go back to Godhead. This is our life and soul. You see? We want to please Guru and Krishna. There's the way. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would be very pleased if we take the time to help people take that first step and the next step and the next step and the next step back to Godhead. You see? That's his process. That's what we're here for. That's why we have the temples. That's why we serve prasadam. That's why we do the programs. That's the purpose for our existence. You see? If we do anything else, we're malfunctioning. Our function is to help the living entities go back to Godhead. Boss, finish. That's it. And whatever it takes to achieve that goal along the way. It may take some, you know, to do that, we may have to clean the parking lot. You know, we have to clean the, the mandir. We have to cook. We have to cleanse the kitchen. We have to organize things. We have to do so many things to achieve that final goal. But our goal is to get living entities to take up this movement. You see? And it's not that we're going to convert people. You know, if people say, well, this is very nice, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very satisfied with my religion. You know? Then, okay, but that's very good. Then, then you can help us. You're happy with your religion. We're, ha we're happy with ours. Let's get together and go get the souls to approach God. Start a loving relationship with God. You know, if they're more attracted to your way, fine. If they're more attracted to our way, fine. But let's join forces if we can and bring souls back to Godhead. Not that I want to go tell you that your God is a, is a weirdo and I think that you're dumb and you should all quit and go home. You know, people that do that are, are demonic. They're, they're, uh, there is a degree of insanity to those who do that. If you talk with them, you can, you can see. If you have enough education to assess uh, poor behavioral health, then you, you, you can see when you talk to people that are telling you that you know, you're going to go to hell, or you're just, you, know, you can tell there's some insanity there. There's a screw. Not only is there a screw loose, but there's a screw or two missing. It, there's a malfunction. You see, the motive isn't the same as the devotee who wants to save the world. It's not the same. You see, we're not like that. We don't tell people you're going to go to hell. <clears throat> if you decide that you want to do some nonsense, we tell you, you're going to stay in hell. You can stay here as long as you want. But uh, we don't use that intimid intimidation process that you're going to, you'd better do this or you're going to get that. We don't do that. We don't do this. We don't, it's not necessary. The prize that we're holding out, if you accept Krishna consciousness, is so wonderful that it's a positive effect. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a chance to associate with the Supreme Lord and his associates, you see. I don't have to threaten or intimidate you into taking up God consciousness. We need to show them the prize. What do you get if you take this up? You get bliss. And you're not getting bliss from what you're doing. If you are, fantastic. But we can see the faces of the people that try to convert us. They're not blissful. I was in uh, <coughs> San Antonio several years ago. Gurprasad Maharaj and I were there with some uh, brahmacharis. And we decided to go to the Alamo. You know, you've heard of the Alamo. We go to the Alamo for Harinam. We, we like, it's one of our fun places to go. Because you get people from all over the United States and all over the country, I mean, all over the, the world as well, to come and see the Alamo. They walk around, they look at this place because of the history, people just stare at it. And there is something mystical about the Alamo. I mean, it's, there is something. I don't know, it's hard to put my 
my finger on it, but there's an attraction. So you get people, all kinds of people, come to see it. So we're out there having a kirtan, and the people are very happy. The people are, are surrounded, circumambulating us. They're dancing. They're singing Hare Krishna. And over in the corner is a group of uh, young Christians. You know, they walk around with their Bible open and and shouting at the crowd. This this hellfire and damnation, and uh, there were like <clears throat> four or five of them behind this young uh, preacher, very young, and uh, so uh, the guy wanted to ask me some questions. And Gurprasad Maharaj, he looked at me, he said, "You're going to do it, aren't you? I can tell by that look on your face, you're going to you're going to engage these guys." <laughs> and I said, "Maharaj," he said, "I know, I know, you have to, but." What are you going to learn? <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't resist. But he was—he had told me before. Look, leave these guys alone. They're just—they're—they're they're a step away from the mental ward. The way they behave, you know. There's really some derangement there. So anyway, they wanted to ask me some questions, so I went over there and. Tell the crowd that this got this of the devil and Satan. You know, you're you sent by Satan, and uh, and I said to him, "Who is your Satan?" And he said, "Anyway, we talked back and forth like that." Uh, so I started to ask him some questions. He would dodge my questions. He wouldn't engage. He wanted to shout, and once in a while I'd get a word in, and I'd ask him a question. So I didn't notice, but a crowd had gathered around me. You know, of the onlookers. People from everywhere, you know, book, people of all walks of life and from all over the country. So here they are, gathered around to see what's going on, you know. The old guy in, in the, the saffron robes is being screamed at by the young guy holding the Bible. <clears throat> and so, uh, and he's got a cheering session. When he would say something, they would all say something. Hallelujah or something like that. So anyway, I asked this guy a question and he, he went on with his rant and somebody, some little old lady in the crowd said, Answer his question. <laughs> and he stopped, huh? And then he's, he's hesitating. Somebody else on the other side of the crowd said, he doesn't know the answer to his question. And then somebody else said, he defeated you, didn't he? You know, so the crowd's turning against them, see? And all I did was ask some, some questions, you know. So uh, the method doesn't work. If you use an insane type of approach, you're going to attract insane people. Insane, <laughs> in, in, you know, insane, someone that's insane would say, yeah, let's go scream at people. You know, so we're not like that. <clears throat> we don't look down our nose at people. Now, if we find ourselves looking down our nose at people, then we should lower our nose so we look up at people. It's very simple. If you're looking down your nose at people, your nose is too high. Lower your nose. Look up at people, you know, placing yourself beneath everyone, placing yourself beneath the straw in the street, offering all respect to everyone. You see, even some nutcase that's screaming at you that that uh, that you're a devotee of Satan. Yes, that's okay. Come and come and have some prasada. Would you like a cookie? Yeah. No, I don't want your cookie. You know. But actually, well. Uh, Sometime after that, I, I did that again, and uh, one of these guys actually softened up. He softened up because it was like, a, I'm remembering now, there was a repeated, and we would go to the Alamo, and he would be there, and he'd be screaming and yelling, and we'd have an encounter. And I never got on his level of screaming and yelling. I just, you know, and so one day I offered him a cookie, and he said, all right, you know, I think I'll take your cookie. <laughs> And in, in my mind, I'm going, yes. You know, I'm, I'm giving myself a high five. <laughs> so calmly, I gave him a cookie and some lemonade, and he was sipping it. And, and uh, so uh, he said, thanks. And he went over and he sat down under the shade of this big uh, uh, oak tree. You know, these, uh, we've got these big shady trees down there. Uh, live oak, it's a live oak tree. So he's sitting under that and eating his cookie drinking his lemonade, and he saw just getting peaceful, getting this peaceful look on his face. So a little while later, 
uh, I said hi to him again as we went by, and, and uh, he said, "You got another cookie?" I said, "Sure, you know." You know. So anyway, we, we agreed that we disagreed, but that we could be friends. And uh, I invited him to the temple. I don't know if he ever went. I, I, by that time, I, it was time for me to move on. You know. So, uh, but the process is that we should always remember, uh, we should have the realization that we are the friend of every living entity. You see. Now, if someone has some process and they're achieving love of Godhead, then all, all glories, all glories, if you have a process that's giving you love of Godhead. Fabulous, you know. Uh, but we're offering love of Godhead for those who, who don't have such a process. So uh, we should probably uh, ask for questions, questions or comments. <coughs> Sometimes we might make plans for our day in devotion service, and we expect something to take. This happens occasionally. We may expect something to take, you know, an hour or two hours, and we allow a certain amount of time. And then it only takes five minutes. Sometimes my person's grace. That happens. So then, sometimes I think, well, now what do I do? Because <laughs> I have a, a lot of certain amount of time. We made an arrangement, and now there's this slot. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Rejoice if you wind up with some time. It's like yippee. Once in a while that happens, you know. Uh, you know, you may have something scheduled, so you, you've allotted from this time to this time to, to do this with someone else, and they say, "Well, oh, I've had a change of plans. I, I need to move that to tomorrow." And so instead of thinking, "Oh man, what am I going to do for an hour and a half?" It's think, "Wow, this is." And I'm, I'm sorry we couldn't get together, but we'll get together tomorrow. But wow, this is good news. Because I have time. Boy, and then all of a sudden the mind starts thinking, uh, once you get the mind trained to be your, your assistant, the mind starts saying, you know, you, you need to do this, and you need to do that. And if you don't chant some rounds, you might be up late tonight chanting. And you, 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 know, you, you probably should eat before, you know, earlier than, than later. And... Just making a suggestion. Uh, I'm just your mind and I'm your servant, but I think you should do this and I think you should do that. You know, like that. So, uh, but yeah, uh, again, we have, to, we have to always apply this self-discipline until the mind becomes disciplined. You know? It's just like, it, it's only a, a transitional period that we're going through. It's like uh, when people join the, the armed forces, you know, uh, the Marines or something like that, uh, the Army. So they go through this basic training. And, and during that period, it's, it's intense, you know, very intense. And what they're being taught is how to respond uh, 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 it, when discipline is uh, applied, you see. And uh, <clears throat> when, you, when you first are exposed to discipline, you have a tendency to say, I don't want that. I don't, no, I, you, you want to resist it. After a while, you realize that discipline is good. Self-discipline is wonderful because it helps you arrange your life, uh, perform the right activities, to, to, to do actions that don't call, cause bad reactions, to say words that don't come back and bite you later. You know, when you can get some, uh, when you learn the use of discipline, it becomes your, your, your great friend. You know, because you don't have to walk around worrying about some return on something that I did incorrectly or, or you see, like that. So, uh, yeah, so we go through a, like a basic training period where we're intense with our mind and we associate with others that will help us train the mind. When we come out, the mind is very nicely trained. You know, it'll actually help you. Now, it'll still have a tendency because of millions of births uh, conditioning. It'll have a tendency to wander once in a while. And you still have to kind of gently tap it and say, no, my dear mind, back on the road, back on the path. And sometimes it'll say, but I don't want to. You know? 
it's just like if, if you're uh, uh, a, a, a year, a little over a year ago, my doctor in, in, uh, in Mumbai told me that I had to eliminate sugar, no, no sweets, except for once in a while, he said. He said, what you have to do with your mind is to, it's, it's going to want sweets, but so you, you kind of tell your mind, look, if you're good, if you behave, you're a doctor, aren't you? Yeah, you know, so you tell your mind, look, if you behave today, you're wanting sweets, but you can't have sweets, but tomorrow, because he told me I could have what he called hard sweets once every two weeks, but just a little bit, you know. You know, so I would say, look, tomorrow is the, the two-week day, we'll, we'll have some gulachim or something like that, you know. So you can, you can, you can bribe your mind a little bit, and say, you know, not today, but tomorrow. And, and train like that. Yes, Eric? I'm not sure how to ask this, but do we get the same mind each lifetime? Or do we get a new mind that uh, tells us this stuff? That's the, that's or is a, it our old stuff? That's a that very good question. Bringing along with the mind, which is, is the mindset, it's not the, the brain, the brain mass, you know, the physical brain, but the mind, intelligence, which is the accumulation of knowledge that you have uh, in this life, and your false ego, mind, intelligence, and false ego go with the soul at the time of death. So that persona that you have, you know, if you're a nasty person, you take the life of a dog, you're going to be a nasty dog. You know, you're going to be, you know, or, a, you know, hard to get along with cat. You see what I mean? If you're a sweetheart of a guy, you may be a sweetheart of a dog. Real friendly and bubbly, you see? So mind, intelligence, and false ego travel with the soul. However, as we perform devotional service and through the chanting of Hare Krishna, the mind, intelligence, and false ego dissolve. This, when I say intelligence, material intelligence, which is an accumulation of garbage. Things that I know, you know, we, we, we may know how to, we may be expert in so much nonsense. We may have a file. It's just like we hear people, you ever see people get together and they're talking trivia? Isn't it? Do you ever wonder? This is such a waste of brain power. You know, like I, I heard these two guys talking about baseball trivia, about who had who stole more bases than somebody else in 1956. They memorized all this stuff. They filled their mind with trivia. It's useless garbage. They have that's that's their intelligence. It's ridiculous. It's it's sad. Instead of Krishna Kata, Krishna pastimes, shlokas, things that will free you, they're memorizing things. Now, it's their free will. They can do that if they like. But yeah, the the but as we chant Hare Krishna and we perform devotional service, the mind intelligence and false ego start to dissolve. You see. And at the time of death for the devotee, he doesn't take this false ego in this garbage mind, garbage intelligence to, to Goloka Vrindavan. There's no place for it. If you're in Goloka Vrindavan and you start talking to the Calvert boys about who stole how many bases in 1957 for the Yankees or something like that, they're going to throw you out. <laughs> what are you, fool? How did you get in here? <laughs> you know. We didn't, you know, they'll, 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 you, you will be the first person admitted to an asylum in Goloka Vrindavan. Yes? I, I, I'm just switching the topic a little bit, but I, when I first started my work, my job, I was really, you know, fired up to spread the message to give them Christian consciousness. And I would bring in, like, you know, Mahaprasad, and I even had, like, a little boss at my desk with the books. And, um, you know, they love the Prashadam, of course, but oh, yeah. no, not one person took one of the books out of my desk. 
Yeah. Um, and I just like over time, like just being around them, like I'm sorry to like resent being around them, just because you know it's, it's just so difficult. They don't care about Krishna. They're all caught up in their own material aspirations. And so I want to have that bit of compassion and know that you know they're they're pure spirit soul as well. But it's difficult because <laughs> I have to. I just feel that I can at some level pride too long in ability, you know. Uh, you have this wonderful gift that you want to give them, right. and uh, and and they're not they're not looking to accept it. So it's very sad, but there's nothing you can do really except just be the kind of person that they want to be. Be the kind of person that they they, they first of all they like to associate with, they respect and admire. And some of them might say, you know, I wonder what this guy's all about. What what makes him the way he is? He's such a delightful person, you know. And every time that we, every encounter with him is always pleasurable. You see, that's the that's the only thing you can do in, in, in an atmosphere like that. Because what they're trying to do is to block it out. Yeah, and I, and I, and I, I do try to, you know, be, be very nice and to treat everybody really well. Like I, it's hard for me. I can't give my association. I'm taking all their association. Yeah. It's just not. It's not a place for me there where I can give my association. So I'm taking all their. I have to take it all. Yeah. I'm taking everybody's nonsense. Everybody. Yeah. You know, it's just the, <laughs> well, there's a saying that uh, I've heard people in the South say. I don't know if they say it too much uh, out here in this in the Southwest, but in the Southeast and in Texas, they say, "Boy." You lay down with dogs, you get up with fleas. <laughs> so, you know, no, I don't know if that applies here, but what they say, like, lay down with dogs, you get up with fleas. So, yeah, you get their contamination little by little. It's very contaminated, their, their way of thinking. But you've got a program to offset it, you know. You've got uh, your devotional service. You're performing uh, bhakti yoga, so it's not only offsets it, whatever contamination that you know. The, it's like a flea repellent. <laughs> you, know? you see, so you're going there, and there, there, there is contamination, but for the most part, it's uh, you're immune to it. You see, and you, it, it repel, you repel it. So, you just have to continue doing what you're doing. And, uh, yeah, and hope that, uh, you know, that you can have a better situation. Better situation, um, you know. It's a nice, it is a nice situation, and it'll serve a nice purpose. But it's probably got its duration, you know. So, uh, take from it what you can. Leave them with what you can, and go on. Okay, I think we should probably shut it down now. So, thank you. All glories to Shiva Prabhupada. Dr. Shiva Prabhupada, keep jai.